Have you ever had a defining moment? We may have had one. Maybe some defining would help. A defining moment is a moment or a point in your life in which you are urged to make a pivotal decision. You experience something that changes you, it defines you, it it redefines you. These moments end up having this transformative effect on one's perceptions and behavior. One person put it this way, defining moments that are truly defining will force you to ask why, often challenge your belief and norms and force you to behave differently. So maybe with that kind of definition, you've had them. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. A defining moment for me occurred when I said yes, both to God's call upon my life to pastoral ministry and to God's call of love as I embarked on my own personal spiritual journey, entrusting my present and my future to God's care and embrace. And certainly there have been other defining moments in my life, getting married, becoming a parent, moving to North Carolina with many more. And along the way, there's been many defining moments, those decisions that may not have seemed like a big deal, but they adjusted the trajectory of your life and sent you moving in another direction. Defining moments are not always about saying yes. Sometimes saying no can be a defining moment. Saying no to a job that didn't fit your gifts. Saying no to a relationship that would not be healthy or appropriate. Saying no to some kind of injustice that you can no longer watch take place anymore. Scriptures have defining moments. You just go through numerous stories. Moses responding to the burning bush in the wilderness, answering God's call to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Joshua, after the Israelites settled the promised land, telling the Israelites, choose today whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. The Old Testament hero, Esther, becomes a queen. She says yes to the call, realizes she's been called for such a time as this, as the Bible says, and she ends up saving the Jewish people. Mary saying to the angel Gabriel, be, to me, be it to me as you have said, becomes the mother of Jesus. Peter responding to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? And he responds, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, in the book of Acts, being led to the home of a Roman centurion and Gentile, coming to the realization and understanding that God shows no partiality. In fact, I think the scripture says, God has no favorites. The apostle Paul encountering this living Christ in such a transformative way that he leaves his life as a Pharisee. He leaves all of that religious pedigree and makes it his life's mission to share the good news with the Gentiles. Others have made history, changed history through their defining moments. The Quaker founder, George Fox, Martin Luther during the Reformation, Martin Luther King during the Civil Rights Movement, Rosa Parks and her refusal to move to the back of a bus, all defining moments. And all of these defining moments have one thing in common. In some way, at some point, these individuals came face to face with their fears. They leaned into them. They moved through them. And they did what had to be done. They did what they felt they were being called to do. It may not have made complete sense to them. The outcome may have been uncertain. They may have faced ridicule, rejection, being misunderstood by those close to to them, even being ostracized. But deep within them was this big yes that loomed bigger than the no that wanted them to play it safe and stay with the status quo. That's often how a defining moment takes shape. And sometimes the Spirit whispers into our soul, encourages us, 
emboldens us, reminds us why we're doing what we're doing and to keep going. And this is the case in the book of Acts in this little story about Paul that Claire read. Paul is on one of his missionary journeys, preaching, proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Christ. In our scripture text, he's in this little seaport town called Corinth, not a little town, a rather cosmopolitan town. And he's proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. He runs up against stiff opposition, it says. He runs up against slander. He responds with frustration and anger, and he announces that he will instead go spend his time with the Gentiles. In fact, if you just look at the scripture, it's more like, fine, I'm done with you. I'm moving on. And it proved to be very fruitful, as a matter of fact. But I wonder, though, in that moment, if Paul felt like giving up. He knew his call to the Gentiles was real, but he wanted nothing more for his Jewish brothers and sisters to come to this realization that Jesus is the Messiah. But the opposition is fierce. He's being slandered. That's hard to take. Most folks who have been change makers usually face opposition and slander. At some point, it gets wearisome. And at some point, you just want to go back to a life in which you don't want to have to carry that responsibility anymore. You want to let someone else do it. You want to let someone else carry the load. You want to let someone else change the world. But deep in his soul, the Spirit speaks to Paul in that place that no one else can see, but only he can hear. The Spirit says this, don't be afraid. Continue speaking. Don't be silent, for I'm with you. Or as one translation puts it, do not be afraid, but keep on speaking and do not give up. And so we read, And Paul stayed for another year and a half, another 18 months, teaching people the Word of God. And the Spirit hasn't quit speaking and still shows up today. The Spirit comes to you and I, and the Spirit is God in the here and now, and the Spirit speaks to us as well these words of encouragement and says, don't be afraid. Continue speaking. Don't be silent, for I am with you. Now, this could mean many things to many folks. It probably means many things to you. But I think it means a few basic, basic, basic things, and I'm going to just put it this way. It invites us to speak up, speak out, and speak for. <clears throat> speak up means speak your voice. Speak loud enough that you give your voice a chance to be heard. Now what I mean by that is not loud necessarily in volume, but share your voice in such a way that you're willing to allow who you are to be heard. This could mean Speaking your convictions, it means speaking your values, speaking your truth, but it could also mean no longer hitting the mute button on what you feel and what you sense and what you discern and what you believe. When we speak up, we show up. And showing up as you is one of the most courageous things we can do. I didn't set it up this way. Believe me, spirit works this way. And I don't want to embarrass her, but Ruth showed up this morning. She not only showed up physically, she showed up with her heart, and she spoke up. And sometimes speaking up just means sharing who we are. It means sharing sometimes our pain. It means sharing sometimes our sorrow. It means sharing sometimes our fear but it means speaking up so we can be heard and no longer hitting that mute button 
that says what I have to offer doesn't matter. It means speaking out, which means speaking out on those concerns and issues that you feel drawn to address. The Apostle Paul was encouraged by the Spirit to keep on speaking. So Paul kept on teaching. He kept on proclaiming his desire to see people come into relationship with Christ. Speaking out doesn't mean you have to be angry or loud. It simply means you're willing to offer your voice in a concern over an issue. You're willing to engage it towards seeking a solution. To speak out is to lean into that scary area of being vulnerable. Because when you speak out, you expose who you are and what you believe to those who you know. And this can often be our greatest fear because speaking out and realizing some may not agree with you. But it's you. And oftentimes it's who you are and it's the convictions God has brought you to in that moment. And then speak for means speaking out on behalf of those who have no voice. The defenseless, the oppressed, the scared, the vulnerable, the rejected, the broken, the weak. There are many who feel they have no voice. Many who feel as if they have no contribution to make. Many who feel powerless. They need someone to speak for them and on behalf of them. And speaking for may mean just coming alongside them and supporting them. It may mean speaking out. It may mean having their back and offering grace and unconditional love when no one else will. But speaking for can often be one of the greatest gifts. And there will be times we don't want to do any of this. There'll be times that we'll feel frustrated, we'll feel scared, we will feel fearful. It's at that time the Spirit comes to you and I, just like the Spirit comes to Paul and whispers to us deep in our soul, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't give up. Don't be silent. When you're wanting to be vulnerable and share your brokenness, share your pain, and share your weakness, and you want to share your honest struggle, but the fear of what others think is overwhelming, the Spirit speaks, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't give up. Don't be silent. When you feel led to voice your concern over issues of justice and speak up on behalf of those who are discriminated against, those who are excluded, the defenseless, the powerless, the scared, and you yourself are scared of what others might think or they may disagree with you, the Spirit speaks, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Keep on speaking. Don't give up. Don't be silent. When you feel you need to offer your thought, your idea, when you feel led to make a contribution to the solution, when you you have an opinion to put out on the table, but you fear being embarrassed or rejected or ridiculed, the Spirit speaks. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent. Don't give up. And maybe when you feel like the Apostle Paul you feel led to proclaim the truthfulness and priority of God's rule and reign, God's kingdom, and proclaim it as the rightful recipient of our allegiance in contrast to anything else in our world that may vie for our allegiance. But you don't want to look too radical. You don't want to look too unconventional. The Spirit speaks. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Keep on speaking. Don't give up. Don't be silent. I wonder what would have happened if Paul had just said at that point, in that moment at Corinth, I'm done. It's over. It's no use anymore. I'm keeping silent. I think the world would have been a different place. I think the church would have been a different place. The movement of Christianity would have been in a different place. But Paul kept on going. 
he kept sharing the voice that God had given him, the call that God had laid upon his heart. Defining moments, they don't make themselves. They're made when you and I are willing to feel the fear and do it anyway. Not because we're some superhuman person who doesn't feel, feel fear, rather. We feel it all the way to the depths of our soul. But it's in that place, it's in the depths of our soul, the Spirit comes to us as the Spirit came to Paul, gives us a vision of who we can become, gives us a vision of what the world can become, and then says, your voice is needed. Your presence is needed. So speak up, speak out, speak for, and keep on speaking, for I am with you. Now I want to say this. Maybe none of this has anything to do with you. That's okay. I get 20 minutes at best. It's a very narrow bandwidth to hit everything. But I'll say this. If none of this resonates with you, at least hear this quote from Bob Goff, who wrote the book Love Does. Listen to what he writes. I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me, but now I'm more afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. If you heard nothing else, hear that. I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me, but now I'm more afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. Paul wasn't going to succeed at things that didn't matter. If anything, he was going to fail at something that really mattered to him. And because of that, he couldn't be quiet couldn't be silent. He couldn't stop. He just kept on going. And God said, I will be with you. And God says, I'll be with you as well.